Moin Zen everyone and welcome to another new episode of the Teja podcast. This is a book episode and the book is called The World's Fittest Book, written by Ross Edgley. It has 319 pages and I have finished reading it on the 6th of November in 2022. The book in three sentences. The trick to building strength is straightforward progressive overload. Increase the weights as you get stronger, that's it. The importance of recovery and not getting into the exhaustion phase is often forgotten. A lack of sleep screws with your hormones and actually eats away muscle mass. Strength training is great for our health and well-being and general physical preparedness. So we should all get informed and take ownership of our own bodies. Impressions Ross Edgley is an impressive guy. Not just visually, his physique is incredible, but also in terms of his drive, which translates into many different areas which are connected to physical health. The book is a collection of different pieces of knowledge around the main topic of how to get stronger, which he put together in a collage of his years since moving onto this personal path of discovery. For a person who is already quite interested in the world of human bodies and potential capabilities, there is not much new to discover, but it is all presented in an engaging way. Lots of little stories and tidbits here and there, quick jumps between topics, funny anecdotes and side notes, interjected with his several impressive world record feats, like the triathlon, carrying a 100-pound heavy tree trunk while doing an Olympic distance triathlon, or the Everest rope climb, in which he climbed 8,848 meters up a rope. I thought it was especially clever of him to build a bridge between all the different approaches of physical training in comparison to what the people all over the world do. His travels to the Namibian long-distance runners, Bulgarian wrestlers or Japanese cold plunge meditators really enriched the narrative. After all, though, it's more of a coffee table book than a serious training guide. You can certainly take some great advice from it and Ross did great work researching the science behind all of the advice he collected and quotes from many different papers and studies, but his scientific knowledge basis seems thin in the end. Not entirely his fault, because unfortunately that's also partly due to the actual human knowledge basis of physical training being quite thin as of yet. That being said, any strength training is better than no training, and this book is a big motivator to get going. Job well done. How the book changed me. Strength training and endurance training complement each other, which is something many people don't know. Especially for amateurs and non-specialists of both areas, it's true that one doesn't hurt the other but enhances it. The way Ross Edgley has kept an open mind to all the world has to offer in terms of physical education rubbed off on me. Many of the habits or strengths of certain peoples have developed over thousands of years and should be noted not just by historians but by scientists and the general public as well. Do more. If you want to get places, you need to start. 
have an idea and follow through with it, no matter how ridiculous it sounds, if it can be done, go ahead and try it. This type of growth mindset will get you places. Highlights and notes. When doing strength training, the traditional way of using progressive overload to adapt our bodies to larger and larger tasks just works. If you put little load on your body over a longer time span, you build endurance. If it's a lot over a short time, you build strength. The Soviet training foundation is to thrive for general physical preparedness. Build a base to be ready for everything, so you can be specific in your goals later on. When you overload your body with anything, the shock phase should lead to an adaption phase, but not by much in order to avoid an exhaustion phase. Fatigue and illness don't improve you. Progressive overload isn't linear. Listen to the body to see when it adapts well and when it needs rest. A good immune system is the base of everything, of every type of training. Cold therapy, like the methods made popular by Wim Hof, helps the veins contract faster, which makes them stronger, which in turn improves your immune system. Six minutes in 14 degree water three times a week had measurable results in terms of lymphocytes growth. In order to grow, you must do more. When you plateau and don't see improvements, it's because you need to do more and challenge your body to adapt. The four-point training system divides training into different areas. The unassimilated training, which has nothing to do with what we are trying to accomplish, for example doing push-ups when you're trying to run faster. The partially associated training, the semi-associated and the directly associated, like for example running faster when you're trying to run faster. Every type of training works, especially in the beginning. Don't overcomplicate it. Different types of muscle contractions are isometric, concentric and eccentric. Isometric muscle contraction means no movement but tension, for example planking. Concentric contractions means shortening the muscles, like in a biceps curl. Eccentric contractions means lengthening the muscle, like the biceps when coming down from a pull-up. This works with most efficiency and more weight can be used, but the resulting soreness is higher too. Calisthenics is the term used for body weight exercise. At this point in the bookshelf version of this podcast episode, I have included some screenshots of the body weight workout plan built by Ross, which you can look up. The link is in the description, of course. The most effective app workout is the plank with reach. It has 27% more muscle activation than crunches. Integration exercises are those exercises which activate the full body and not just parts. In order to improve core strength, use unstable surfaces and involve balancing. Or learn to hold a position and do nothing, like forming an L-shape with your body while hanging from a bar. A calorie isn't equal a calorie. A gram of fat has 9 calories, but some fats like coconut oil are medium-chained triglycerides and actually help the burning of itself via thermogenesis. Food? Here variety is key. 
Try everything and anything, just like our ancestors. Protein. Taking in 1.7 grams per kilogram of your body weight per day is a good point to start when getting into strength training. Protein is even more important for endurance athletes than for bodybuilders and it can help with short-term weight loss. Carbs do help with running faster. Carbo-loading works. A general starting point is 7 to 10 grams per kilogram of body weight for endurance athletes per day. Ketosis. A low-carb and high-fat diet leads to the liver making ketones from fat, which replace the carbs as a fuel source and become efficient at that. Compare the Inuit people living above the Arctic Circle who mostly eat fatty meats and almost no carbs. It takes 2-3 to three weeks to achieve ketosis. If you are interested in effective fat loss, do a combination of high-intensity interval training cardio and weight training, but low-intensity training is okay too. Low-intensity training is better for the immune system than high-intensity interval training. Remember, a lack of sleep disturbs hormones and eats muscle mass. Sleep deprivation also increases hunger. Strength training and endurance training can block each other's signaling to adapt, but also benefit each other. For example, capillary density increases from endurance training, which in turn will make strength training more effective. Strength training works best when done two to four times per week due to muscle adaptivity. Muscle growth profits more from doing stress exercises slowly. Increase the amount of time of each single repetition. It takes 2500 calories to synthesize one pound of muscle, but it also requires one pound of fat gain. Strength training without carbs in the body is reducing its effects. The Endurance Pyramid Improve mechanics first, then find your fuel, then build consistency, then add volume, then increase intensity. Running technique. Forefoot striking prevents injury. Modern running shoes cushion the heel impact, which often leads to injury further up the chain, like in the knee joints, hips or back. Better running form creates efficiency. Things to avoid. 1. Dropped shoulders. 2. Twisted body. 3. Narrow step width. 4. Firmer twists inward. 5. Swing leg facing outwards. 6. Knees are deeply flexed. 7. Leg lands too far in front. 8. Low waist and lower back. 9. Body leans forward. 10. Restricted range of motion in hip joints. 11. Lower leg tilts significantly. 12. Toes point outwards after pushing off. In the book there are good illustrations of these 12 items to avoid when improving your running technique. Look it up in the show notes. Uphill running technique. Imagine being pulled by a rope attached to the top of your chest. Put your chin up. This widens the chest and improves breathing. Don't collapse the shoulders. Downhill running technique. Confidence is key. The faster you go, 
The less contact time with the ground, the less likely you are to slip. Ankles loose, midfoot strike, and let gravity pull you. Relax. Downhill, only ever heel strike when it's steep enough to slide on your bum. And don't break too much. Commit to the downhill. Proper running form. Relax the arms, no tension in the shoulders, move at the hips, avoid the mental image of pushing off the ground, and the foot should land close to the body, not in front, and keep a high waist position during landing. How to get faster at running? Do 80% of running in the aerobic zone and just 20% in the anaerobic. And use intervals. Don't outsource your health. Take control of your own nutrition and training. Get informed. Become your own expert. Here's a quote by Steve Jobs. Everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. Ross Edgley finishes this book off with nine principles. Here they are. 1. Be balanced. 2. Learn from the past. 3. Keep it simple. 4. Question everything. 5. Always pursue happiness. 6. Embrace individuality. 7. You're your own best expert. 8. Live beyond books. 9. Never stop exploring. I think this is a good way to close the book and also a good way to close this podcast episode. Thank you very much for listening again and feel free to share this with a friend you think would like this. All the best to you, have a great day and bye bye. Uh-huh.